And greetings, everyone. Welcome to the 13th episode of the Tesla Podcast. Joining me today are my guests, Charmer, Switty, Bradford Lee, and Justin Larson. Today's a bit different format, as we are doing something we're calling the Meta Flat Shot. So basically what we did was we went right on ahead and grabbed our favorite kind of decks to play that weren't exactly the most competitive on the ladder for tournaments, but decks that we typically just have a lot of fun with. So we have been we actually planned a little backstory actually. We actually planned this a while ago, but we were all super busy with things. But we finally got this down. So um alright guys, so I guess we'll start off with the first person in our round table. I'm going let me order show on the Discord. So Bradford Lee, um please if you would please take us across your deck and yeah, man enough. Yeah, sure. Thanks, uh, first off, Gym Class, for having us on the show. It's all really awesome. And yeah, as, as Gym Class was saying, this is something we've been doing for, I don't know, six months or something like that, Gym Class, would you say? Yeah, we were, we were planning, yeah, for sure, <laughs> around that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy how long it takes for something to come to fruition sometimes, but it's cool for it to finally come to fruition. And I'm I brought my favorite deck in the entire game with me, and the reason that I really love Elder Scrolls Legends so much is Altar of Despair. Uh, I brought my Alter Assassin deck with me today to discuss, and and now this deck can be competitive and can be good, but in reality, it's more just to have fun. And um, in general, the sort of mentality that it's meeting with me is not the competitive side of me. It's the, uh, as some people would say in the psychographics term, the the, the Timmy or the adrenaline gamers side of it. Uh, the Timmy adrenaline gamers, kind of the subsection that they they file it under. Um, so let's quickly, I'll go through a couple of cards of it, is that, is, unless if, if there's anything else uh, that pops in while you guys are, while we're talking about this, uh, anybody else in the here wants to talk about a specific card, let me know as well. But uh, the first card that stands out to me is Balmora Spymaster. Uh, this is a, an RNG card, right? Like, this card, Balmora Spymaster, is a 2 Magicka 0-1 that when it dies will give you a random creature. And that random creature's cost is based or well, potentially based on how much Magicka you have, because it can be anything from 2 Magicka if it's played on turn 2, to 12 Magicka creature if it's played on turn 12 when you have 12 Magicka. Um, so it's it's an interesting dynamic because this card scales with time, but it only costs you 2 Magicka to play. And so there's this sort of mentality with this card that some people hate, I think. It's this this RNG factor, right? But I what I love about this card is the RNG being existent to some extent, right? Like, like there is a Clown Fiesta amount of RNG that can exist in a card, and that sucks. That sucks for anybody, right? But the re- About this card, man. Yeah. What, yeah, that's right. fun or that it's RNG? It is totally fun. No, no, it's totally fun. This card works because it's not overpowered, right? Mm-hmm. Hells, and it occasionally gives you mud crabs on turn 14. Like, I'm all about this. Right, and and the what I love about it is that it's a card that uh, you know pre- creates unpredictable outcomes, right? And so the predictability of what's going to happen in any given game shifts every time that card is played. And so the fun for me with this deck is the dynamic of saying, okay, it's going to be different every single time, and since it's going to be different every single time, 
there is a there's this like adrenaline rush that comes from it you know like I, oh my god i got a 30 30 or something you know or oh da ving oh pong champ and then sometimes you're just like oh i got a zero one cool uh, i totally agree with you man fun. yeah th- th- this card is a good example of something you can only do in a digital card game like done appropriately yeah, and that's really neat, and that's a dynamic that I think kind of draws me into this game, and I, that's what I really love about it. And then you also, on top of that, with this deck, you have Altar of Despair. So Altar of Despair is giving me access to the ability to to also have unpredictability, right? This sort of, this this adrenaline feel of like, oh, what am I going to hit on turn three? Because Altar of Despair is this card at six Magicka that's going to spit out, uh, when you play it first, you sacrifice a creature, and it plays a one-cost creature. Then with Alter Despair, the second time you use its ability, it'll create a two-cross creature. And it'll keep scaling all the way up till we get to 12 or whatever the number is. So it's really cool to see um, Alter Despair in play because in this deck, the, my, my particular variation on it, I'm only showing off like, you know, what, how many two-drops here? Three, I'm not actually sure. Three, six, nine, twelve. Twelve different two-drops. So when I alter Despair into a two-cost card, it's just going to give me something completely random, which is crazy. And that's what I love about it. You know, it's like, it's controlled chaos. I love that idea. With you. Um, you know, what? It kind of, when I first saw Alter of Despair, I was reminded of um, Birthing Pod from Magic, you know? And that was a card that you could build a toolbox of creatures. And, and I think the, the flexibility of Alter being a neutral card... Uh, let you build all sorts of really neat stuff in Legends. Yeah, and that's yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I feel about it, Justin, as well. It's really neat. Um, and so I'm just like a real big proponent for this deck because you know it's that it's that adre- like okay when we talk about the psychographics, I guess maybe are you going to go into detail a little bit more about that gym class or should oh, we guess, talk about that now? Or I guess since mm-hmm. I'll break the first three down. Uh, so okay. the psychographic profiles that each actually have had several uh, podcasts. That- uh, reference these. So break down Spike, very competitive player, going fr- focusing really hard on just winning, looking for the most optimal deck. Uh, I guess you could say they they wouldn't be watching this podcast probably. Uh, and then the next would be Timmy. Timmy likes to go big, go home, uh, adrenaline mm-hmm. rush kind of decks, fancy flashy effects. You get Johnny who likes the intricate combo kind of decks. Yeah, and so, like, those are the three basic psychographics, right? And so this deck, I would put as, like, a Timmy, right? Like, a Timmy deck player wants to do big, flashy things, and they want to enjoy those flashy things. And so um, this player, I'd say it falls into, like, a subsection called Timmy Adrenaline Gamers, specifically, because uh, the Adrenaline Gamer is sort of, like, this idea of, like, an unknown Timmy, a Timmy who plays something really big and flashy, but they like the idea of coin flips and crazy things to happen sometimes, but not again, again, not to the level where it's clown fiesta, right? You want it to have it. It's it's a, it's like you know, it's just like you don't take all the pills at once. You take one at a time, right? <laughs> like, like, you, so I, I'm down to take one pill at a time, but I'm not gonna like turn everything into RNG, you know? So man, old Justin and, and you, we could not have hung out, man. I was not down. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh jeez. Well, I guess not. <laughs> All right. Although I will say, Ultra has been one of my like favorite cards. I'm not gonna lie, when I first saw this card, I was like, "Oh, that sucks." I'm using that, but now I try to stuff it in every deck I can. Yeah. I found this to be probably one of the like stand out from the Madhouse collection. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's also, it's oh, definitely just... one of the standout cards from that. I think it's the. 
There's a, there are actually a couple really neat cards in that set that have kind of enabled some very interesting archetypes and dynamics in the game, but that's the one that stands out the most to me as well. Yeah, I, I think that the Madhouse Collection, is, I mean, like, we've had three expansions now, and I feel like the Madhouse Collection in some ways is the most successful for uh, people who, for, for, for in sparking that crazy deck-building, like, uh, fire in people who really like to build strange things. I mean, every card in there was built around in some sense. Okay, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I love this deck, actually, so much, Alter Despair Assassin. It's just fun. I think about Morris Bymaster to kind of touch base on that. Was RNG done right? Because the scope is just so wide that I've had times where I get like multiple DeVos affairs in the game, but I also get times when you get those cards you don't remember, like Camelor and Scout Leader. I bet most people in the chat probably don't know what that card does. I didn't know what it does until I got it from Spymaster. But all around, I just I think this is probably one of the fun, most fun decks. Available. Yeah, it's incredibly fun, and again, it does specifically meet to that sort of like Timmy sort of like fun, just just specifically there for the fun of it, you know. Absolutely, the Timmy, the key, the, the Timmyest card for me in it is actually Necron Mastermind, uh, as opposed to the other two, because when you get a good Necron Mastermind, like when you have multiple Balmoras out, and you throw oh, out Necron and you high roll. <laughs> <laughs> it's the greatest yeah, right? feeling. Suddenly I have these two big creatures, and I still have my spy masses, which are still, like, posing a threat. Yet, and I can just throw them, and Cruel Firebloom, I guess this fits into, what was it, was Vorthos the one who enjoyed the imagery? Uh, I just like seeing that animation. I like seeing my thing get sacked and, like, sniping something out. Uh, I got two two comments. First, I just won 100 soul shards for sitting here. <laughs> yes, I also yeah. won something. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and second, um, one of the things that I think is cool about Altar of Despair is that uh, in the right meta with the right curve of creatures available, I mean, this could be a really competitive card. I mean, I, I actually played Altar Monk to top ten legend like uh, this spring. I mean, it's totally doable. Oh, it's it's definitely doable. I I was I want to say I was top 20 last season with it. I'm currently in the top 100. So it's definitely viable, but if, if it were to break down and we were to say, hey, what's the best deck in the format? I'm not going to lean to this deck and say it's the best deck, right? Like, that's not the ultimate goal for what this deck's doing. It's 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 because I want to be able to chuckle and laugh at myself when I blow up my Balmore Spymaster with a Cruel Firebloom and get a 0-1, and I just go, well, GG, you know? And, and it's funny, and it's sometimes it's good to do that kind of thing, but at the same time, like... Sometimes you roll high roll Odabing, but more times than not, we're talking three bounds outside the standard deviation of outcomes, right? These are these are outliers when you have these outcomes to happen. Most of the times, it's just going to continue the game as normal, and it's not going to be a percentage of the games. The, the, the percentage of the games that it affects happens. I would say, you know, it, it's not statistically insignificant, but it's certainly so low that it's not like the most important factor in the whole entire in the deck, you know? Right. Right. And well, I like what you've done with this list, too, because you've, you've presented a deck that has multiple ways of making sure that you get value off of it. So even if it, it does you know, give you a 1-1 a one, one or a 2-2, two, two, you, you are generating small amounts of value. And I think that's one of the things Ultramunk does really well, right? Like uh, between your Snake Tooth Necklaces, your Baron Zaya, your Alters, your Necroms, you have multiple ways to make sure you trigger it. So it's not just dead space. You know? yeah. You're going to get some value. It's just sometimes it's hilarious value. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
Absolutely, I think. Uh, I think we've said, well, another guess. Another card I guess I'd like to see is Wisp Mother. <laughs> it would be the final card I'd touch on myself. I just think the duplication effect is sweet. And I still need to try the Narican Dream with something high in Wisp Mother <laughs> <laughs> someday. But I think, yeah, this is probably one of my favorite decks. It actually, the deck I'm introducing today actually upsurped it from the first, from my uh, number one fun deck spot, but we'll get to that. Uh, any other words on this, anyone? All right, so Charmer, if you are there. No, I'm gone. Ah, oh, darn it, I knew you were. This always happens. <laughs> All right, so we'll go ahead and introduce your list. And bang, got it on screen. Bang. Got it on screen, got it on okay, <laughs> They like move it, like there's invisible like things on ops you have to move. Alright, I see you brought yourself a Rage Crusader. Yeah, so when I'm looking for just fun, right? Like not not necessarily competitive, but I just want to do something and it, you know, if it works forty percent of the time, but it does so in awesome fashion, like this is my my secret pocket list. I see a bunch of people <laughs> saying time to fight in chat and time to fight's not necessarily my fun list that's more i guess oh, competitive, man, I, right? I, I actually have to go see an oncologist now that you mentioned that yeah right um no this is a list that's a hundred percent about you don't want to win like you want to win big right this is the betting double zero on the roulette table list as far as i'm concerned um it plays like Crusader Control, and there's nothing like super surprising there, but there's a bunch of really like cheeky, fun one-off plays in here. Like we run the one Crusader's Assault because it, to me, there's very few things as satisfying as playing your Crusader's Assault on something innocuous and then playing Unstoppable Rage. Um, there's uh, a night to remember in this because when you're playing Unstoppable Rage, everyone expects Archer to be able to gambit or shadow shift a creature over, but we have those neutral moves in the form of a night to remember. So you can still shift a creature over and get one of those flashy Unstoppable Rages off. Um, this has some really fun stuff with uh, Devour and things like Undying Dragon to potentially give it haste or ward or uh, heavens forbid breakthrough then you can set up an amazing unstoppable rage as well um wildfire dragon in here combos very nicely with the night mother if you give it a few turns to set it up um again this is all about like you know those those 10 percent plays stuff that's not gonna work every time but when it works it's incredibly satisfying I agree. So I'm really, I'm really like uh, curious how Wildfire Dragon's been working for you because that's a card that I've taken more and more of a shining to as the uh, as Heroes of Skyrim, you know, that era has gone on. So the thing is, is that on paper I feel like it performs much better than in practice. Uh, in the current meta, there's a ton of tokens floating around, and that's kind of what made me like, all right, I want to. I want to experiment with things that can be potentially good against tokens. So, like, Unstoppable Rage came to mind. Um, believe it or not, Fireball came to mind. Obviously, Ice Storm is there. 
Wildfire Dragon feels like it should do really well, but I think the biggest thing that hurts it right now is that if you're not running it in any sort of ramp deck, um, it's typically coming down after Divine Fervor, and yeah. I think that hurts it, right? So yeah, if you've got a way to accelerate it, then it's way, way better. Um, if they don't have a Fervor or they don't expect the Wildfire Dragon, then it can do a lot of work in that scenario as well. Specifically against tokens, because... Most modern lists aren't running Javelin. They're depending on things like Imprison to kill the big threats. And if right, you right. wildfire half their board, there's a strong chance that they just don't have enough to play the Imprison at that point. So, um, again, when it goes off, it's really satisfying. Getting it to go off consistently is a little bit of a gray area. Yeah, Wildfire's actually well, been so a ton of fun. I've been playing with it a lot recently yeah, as well. I've tested it like, too. Yeah, I've been playing it in Archer, and like just using like uh, curse effects and kind of just like maybe taking a few extra points of damage to like set up this huge turn seven wildfire dragon and like kind of leaving everything at one health. And I've gotten like some pretty crazy like twelve uh, twelves and like nine nine wildfire dragons on the board on turn seven, and that feels pretty good. <laughs> I think it's definitely a card to watch. I mean, I, uh, maybe a sleeper card in the uh, in the expansion. So one thing worth mentioning is. It does combo very, very nicely with a Knight to Remember because it does let it do two damage at that point, right? Like, you're stuck with the Shackle, but if it clears the board, it's mission accomplished. And it sometimes sets up a really good follow-up Rage if people then try to fight against it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, totally, I can totally see what you're saying. Night to Remember is another one of those cards that has a lot more interactions, kind of like some of the stuff in uh, Bradford's Assassin deck that, you know, you can eke out incremental value and win the long game like that. And that's the kind of card that really I like. I agree. I do like a Night to Remember. I do like the blink effects that were introduced this expansion in general. I think they're all great. And Wildfire, I love the... I just want to put this out. It has one of the best animations in the game. And I'm really glad they buffed it the animation, because originally it took about five minutes for that little flame tornado on each creature to go off. I like that. I like to take credit for fixing that actually, because I did message Maricon about that. So <laughs> you can all thank me for fixing Wildfire Dragon. No big deal. Thank you so much. No problem. Good looking out. <laughs> I'm just here to help. I honestly you. don't even know what it did at first. Can I honestly fix... have no idea what it did. It was super me. long. It was just super long. That's the problem. Oh, okay. You kill something and it's like, shoot, a slow little flame burning. You, know, you just stare at it like, this is uncomfortable. So when you got multiple kills, it was cool, but then you just realized 10 minutes had passed. You know what's a long <laughs> animation now? Is I don't know what you guys think. When you play Curses, especially Drain Vitality, I know this is kind of a little off topic though, but like, does anybody notice that the, the, the time is so long for that before you can even do another action or hit end turn? Yeah, it seems like it hovers for oh, a second. Oh my god, it triggers me beyond belief. I almost don't even want to play the card what? because it takes so long. But fireworks! <laughs> Yo, I'm over it, give me the words, just let me do, like, keep going with my turn. Speaking of dynamics, <laughs> it's very Vorthos of me to say, but fireworks, and then very, like, spike of you to say, no, just give me, give me this. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like, speaking of psychographics right there. Oh, you even talked about Vorthos and Mel, but those are the other two profiles that definitely suggest. Oh, to appease to the Vorthos in you, you can still take actions while you're shouting. I'm just using no. my mouth. 
can't even chew gum while walking. Like, that's asking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of password, man. Jeez, I don't know. I just... They changed shouts, right? Like, so it used to be like, it did it uh, did the effect then the thing or the other way around. But I prefer the old way. <laughs> I don't know why they changed that. Speaking of which, but anyway, uh, going back, I do like this list a lot. I think Wildfire has been a standout for me as well. I like seeing them grow and like to see them kill things. And how do you feel about the Undying? Dragon and Rage combo. That's probably one of my favorite things. I've gotten that off a couple times where I did like Control Crusader. And seeing token decks just kind of pause for a minute after you pull it off and then concede. I'm not sure, Charm, if you've had that experience, but that is probably the most. I haven't actually had it with the dragon yet. I've had people just up and concede after the Nine Magicka from hand Ravenous Hunger combo, right? So you can Ravenous Hunger and then Unstoppable Rage. Um, I haven't had it happen yet with the dragon, but I can fully see that happening, because you're not only clearing a lane, but you're going to gain, like, let's be honest, you're going to gain enough health that that thing just jumps to 10-10 status. So, it's like, it's the impending doom of all impending dooms, really, at that point. Tokens decks in general are all, you know, one of the things I think they have in common is that it's fairly obvious when they can no longer win, right? Like, <laughs> they're drawing one card a turn because you just wipe their board and you gain 40 life. and <laughs> They can play it out because, like, you're going to take your sweet time, but uh, it's over. Going to sit back and relax. All right. So one last honorable mention that I want to throw into this list is it does run one Pillaging Tribune. So even if you don't have the Dragon or the Ravenous Hunger, for example, um, there are other ways to trigger the Unstoppable Rage and Drain combo, even on itself. Because Pillaging Tribune can't attack, it can still give itself Drain. So if you have the full 12 Magicka, it can serve as a stand-in. Um, because the Pillaging Tribune grants Drain on Summon, then the Flicker effect on that from a Knight to Remember is another great way to give something else Drain. And uh, another honorable mention is Tear. Um, Tear has Breakthrough and Prophecy, so if he enters play after a Prophecy, a lot of times people, if it was their final attack, they don't have the ability to counter Tear. So Tear jumps right into a lane to contest other things, and then you can untap. Excuse me, I'm, magic's coming out in me, right? Um, you, you enter your turn. <laughs> And immediately rage and clear the lane and possibly get a bunch of awesome breakthrough damage. So it's one of the like weird rare times where tier is like awesome, uh, and that's when you pair him with like the surprise unstoppable rage. I thought tier was the other time is. Uh... <laughs> oh, we all have more. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> the other time tier is awesome is when it pops out in that first rune, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like he's the OG Mystic Dragon for sure. But OG Mystic Dragon. I think he's even better with uh, Unstoppable Rage at the at the ready. Yeah, I agree. Nice finisher and legit. So, question: Did you guys all so in the story mode? Did you guys take Tear or the Orb? Be honest. I took the Orb, man. I, I played Control. Oh, oh you monster! You killed your friend. After the entire journey, you just killed him. Then I spent six months recording videos with Crusader. <laughs> <laughs> so 
But yeah, yeah. Orb, man. You took the orb too, Schwinty? Oh yeah, dude. Did you read the text on the orb? It was like, <laughs> this cat, this card looks so much fun. <laughs> you just had this little journey. You fought the out of the pits. You fought some evil trees. And you fought some humans, and then you just let the guy die. Well, I didn't really get to know Tyr that well, but then I looked at what the warp could do for me, and I was like, oh, this is pretty exciting. <laughs> I don't really know you that well. Well, I mean, we did travel together, but, I mean, it hasn't been that long. Charmer, Brad. Yeah, that's some cynical, some cynical stuff there, Shruti. <laughs> I, I took Tyr. Yes. And then I was immediately upset and pissed off because I found out there was a title tied to the orb. And I didn't end up opening an orb until like nine months later when I opened a premium one. But you don't have the death of your friend on your conscience, and that's just fantastic, right? I mean, I guess, <laughs> but I sleep like a baby at night, so... Fair enough. There you go, see? No, like, hot Savage. flashes of tears, sad face. And Bradford, did you take tear the orb? I took tear. Uh, I, 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 only because I thought his name was Tyre, and I thought it was hilarious to call him Tyre. <laughs> oh my god. I'm only saving like your life. Thank you. I'm only saving your life because I think your name is funny. If her name was Paul, you'd be dead right now. I'm pretty sure Justin's ready to strangle me right now. <laughs> it's cool, dude. Like, but there's this movie called Rubber about this tire that rolls around killing people. It's like a horror movie. I highly, rec- I highly yes. recommend it. That director has a bunch of great movies. Does he really? Watching- yeah, yeah. Wrong and Wrong Cops are Hilarious. Watched it in a previous yeah, life when it, it made a whole lot of sense to me. <laughs> I need to get back to I need to see that movie now. Alright, sounds good. I think it's on Netflix. I think I've seen that. Uh, so, let's see. Yeah, one more thing about Tears. Fun fact, so no one cares. He's named after the Norse god War. That was pretty awesome. So, I mean, obviously the, Nord, the Nords are just about North mythology. So, kind of seeing... I kind of hope they keep on the trip with, like, other... You know, Norse gods, being cards-ish. All right. Uh, any other words on the Crusader deck? All right. So we go over to my deck. Hello, folks. This is what I like to call Stealer of Secrets OTK. So I used to really, really love me some uh, some Ultra Assassin to kind of de-stress after ladder. But then I gave this a try. I have to say, I absolutely love this deck. Uh, just the way it plays, right? Just kind of on edge, remove everything my opponent plays, and then blast them all in one shot sometimes. Or sometimes you gotta improvise, but for the most part, I think this deck is just phenomenal. So let me kind of explain the combo. The combo is to, on uh, about 11 mana, sometimes more, but you want to have Steelers, you want to build up a big Steeler with Secrets. What she is, some of you may not know what Steeler Secret is. She's a 6-mana 1-1 one, one ward. I know that sounds absolutely terrible, but hear me out. <clears throat> what she does is for every action in your discard pile, she gains 1-1. One, one. So the trick is to just cast a bunch of actions. So casting things like Revealing the Unseen... Which is, a, which is an amazing card in this deck because it counts as three actions. Um, you're going to be unseen, three mana, summon two random actions to your hand. So, revealing the unseen itself counts, and then the two summons also count. Uh, it's fantastic. 
So you cast spells that build her up big. You can use your creatures that you do have to chip away at damage to slowly get there. So, and then you use a Nord Firebrand and Mentor's Ring. So basically, Nord Firebrand, zero mana, one one charge. Mentor's Ring is all your creatures, whatever. Uh, whoever equips that gets all your keywords. So ideally, you get you throw out the Firebrand, you throw out the Stealer, throw the Mentor's Ring on the Firebrand. Your ginormous Stealer just smashes your opponent, and they never really see it coming. <laughs> it's just this random deck. I actually took the time to make a video on this because I like this deck so much. Um, it's kind of fun. I enjoy thinking on my toes with it because you have Moment of Clarity and you're really not seeing like these random actions. Oh, so Body Archivist also gives you random actions. So basically, you have to really you get some action and you have to make the optimal use of that action to either survive or just straight up, you know, die. Like, you have to really, like, whatever random action you get, you have to make most use of them. But of course, we have some cards to discard. I use Hassan's Spiritual because sometimes you do get a junk action you just can't use to shuffle through the deck. <clears throat> So if any of the rest of you have the opportunity to try Steeler Secrets up. Oh yeah, man. I love playing Steeler Secrets combo. I, I spice it up a little with the addition of uh, uh, Skeever Infestation so that uh, I'm doubling down on my memes, right? So that if one doesn't work, then at least I can I can lose with a bunch of uh, rats on the board. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I think uh, the funniest thing is when you run across this deck of someone's playing it because... It takes you a while to catch on what's going on. You're like, oh, okay, Battle Mage aggro, and then you're like, well, he's not aggro. Then you put him on Mary, and then you just realize he's just playing actions. And then you're like, oh, shit. There's actually a timer <laughs> yeah. on this game. What's going on? <laughs> it's only going to be That's... so long until he finds that combo. That's happened to me before. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best feeling, though, because you're just... Because most people do assume, like, all right, it's going to be... Like, they didn't... After a while, they think you're Merrick, and then after a while, you're like, they realize we're Especially in the first few turns, you're just playing what, like, you play a raiding party against Spirit, and they're not thinking too much about it. I just absolutely love it. And I actually really like Mentor's Ring in this deck. That card that gives... I'd like to experiment with it more in other decks, is just the fact that it is on the slow side. It's worth, it's worth pointing out that if uh, Mentor's Ring appeals to you and you're looking for ways to kill people sort of like this, you can do something similar in Sorcerer Ramp with uh, Flesh Atronach and um, Shadow Mare. <laughs> oh, jeez, yeah. Never thought about that. You just gotta Probably like... one Shadow Mare, but, uh, you know, if you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound, right? True that, true that. I like that idea. Well, I'm going to brew up a deck for that. Trying to smash away with my mentor's ring. Well, it's any purple deck, right? So Shadow Mirror and Oh no, it has to be purple. Yeah, it has to be blue, because Mentor's Ring is blue. Never mind. It's it's just Shadow Mirror, it's your yeah. only hope in that deck. <laughs> <laughs> so in all the cycle and pray for the Shadow Mirror dream. I like it. Actually I actually consider Shadow Mirror in the Battle Maid version. Just because It'd be another charge creature when you think of Firebrand, but end up cutting it. Although I do like Shadow Mirror a lot. Unfortunately, it is bugged right now, as it doesn't go into. Just, I guess I'll throw this warning out. It doesn't always go back into your deck like it's supposed to. Sometimes it just goes in the graveyard, and you're really getting out of value out of it. But then again, it's a one mana one one, so I guess it doesn't hurt too much. But it is taking up deck space. 
right. Yeah, I uh, I was playing a version of I was playing Steeler Secrets combo a while back, and I was playing uh, Battle Mage's Onslaught, right? And the creature it gave me was uh, was Shadow Mare, and I was all <laughs> bummed out. I'm, what am I gonna do with this piece of crap? And then I like for like two or three turns, I had the combo in hand, and, like twenty five actions in my discard pile, and uh, just finally struck me. I was like, oh my god, like he's at thirty, I have lethal. <laughs> Exactly. All right. Um, not much. It's a pretty straightforward deck. I would suggest if you got the spare dust crafting some of these cards. Uh, Cinder Secrets. She is from. Actually, let's verify that before I tell you anything. Um, I want to say Madhouse. Nope. Dark Brotherhood. Even better. Which is one. Of, which is an amazing adventure expansion. So all the cards you got are pretty legit. But alright, that's all I got really to say about Steelers Secrets OTK. It's a blast to, it's an actual pleasure to play, and a lot of fun. Anyone else got I, I wanted to throw out real quick, I'm, I'm actually giving away five copies of Fall of the Dark Brotherhood on Monday, so if you want to swing on over to my channel on YouTube, you can check that out and see how to win. Hey, definitely feel, free to, feel free to link that in the um, chat if you like. Let people know to swing by that channel. Alright, so I guess we'll move on on our round table to the Justin Larson. Yeah. Right. Piper, that is not my channel name. How dare you? What? Uh, <laughs> what? I know that? Well, I know. channel happen right now? <laughs> I'm going to make Take that the channel. Name. <laughs> no, That's where we can post or rap videos. <laughs> I'll just... I'll just repost all of Justin's videos on there. Here, let me post it. I'll only make more money than I do. Oh, I just see what you posted. But Justin brings the deck memes. That also that's where that's where he does his fidget spinning uh, sessions. Okay. Yeah, I, I just dabble. I mean, I started off with Rubik's. Yeah. Fidget spinning, I love it. Yeah, he just sits there and does fidget spinner videos. Yeah. I'm moving into beard grooming, actually. Oh wow, that sounds awesome, man. Are you into fancy like designs? You should like cornrow beard. It's a really good idea. I, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna start simple. I'm gonna I'm gonna put stars in the side of my beard, and then I'm gonna dye the front of it purple. <laughs> <laughs> I like how this is going. I think that's an excellent idea. Start simple. <laughs> this will really go for it. Okay, so here we go with this. This is like a high Hothgar deck. Yeah, we got a, a little spicy one here, right? So, like, I, I've, mono purple is one of my favorite things to do in this game, and somebody uh, asked me to play Emperor Titus Mead in the deck. Emperor Titus Mead stuff. I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie, like the effect's cool, but it's a fairly awful card. So I was like, how can I possibly make this playable? And so I went with a, my go-to, which is mono purple, like just value creatures, and then I threw in. Uh, High Rothgar to double down on the memes again, like I was saying. It's a good way to make sure that you lose in style. And uh, I had a great time with Ring of Imaginary Mighting my creatures up to ridiculous strength and uh, smash your face. I actually took some of the gauntlet and uh, got like six or seven wins. <laughs> <laughs> Sick. That was actually really awesome, actually. I've seen scout variants of this. I see you're acting the sorcerer. I like it a lot. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I was going to High Rothgar, so I had to bring the studious graybeards along. That was uh, that was honestly the impetus there. So I guess that's some of that Vorthos action. <laughs> oh, I see. Vorthos does like the story and how they integrated that. So that's pretty sick, I think. I like this deck. So let's see. 
Three of those are in might. How many people have you, what, like, do people pause when you play Porcullus? Do they just kind of stop and, like, before playing out their turn, they just kind of look at it, like, hover over it? Porcullus is great. Real quick, funny story. I was in the closed beta for Legends, like, I started back in, like, last May, and my very first comment on the feedback forums was that I thought, no, I'm such an idiot, but I thought that Porcullus was overpowered. Like, somebody had equipped a uh, Daedric Dagger to it. I, I, I give up, man. I don't know how to win. The one nine lethal killer unstoppable. I mean, like it, it thoroughly smashed my creatures. Um, but Porcullus is great. I mean, look, the card. Oh, yeah. Let me take that back. Porcullus is a really terrible card, but the thrill of smashing somebody for nine damage with a Porcullus is unparalleled in this game. It's the sort of thing that keeps me going. That's true. And, you know, I bet that's a complete shock when I see, like, when you put a ring on it, it's 11-11 all of a sudden. <laughs> that's pretty vicious. And, you know, you can really, like, I, I honestly believe that Mono Purple has, has got enough strong, like, overstatted minions that it's possible to just win games in the, on the back of those. I mean, you know, you, you curve from uh, from Windkeep Spell Sword into a Haunting Spirit, into a Gloomwraith, you know, and, and you're going to win games just by being the guy with the biggest, best creatures on the board, you know? Um, but what this deck aims to do is slap Ring of Imaginary Might or High Rothgar on the board uh, with things like Lurking Mummy, Portcullis, and Cicero. And Warden, turns out, as a 5-5, is a really impressive creature. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's see. A 3-mana 5-5? 2-mana 5-5 sounds like a lot of fun. Like yeah, and then you just... You know, things like Stalwart Ally and Gloomwraith in particular are such valuable creatures when you can reliably trigger that, you know... It's win-win. It's not unlikely to pull down a Gloomwraith on turn four as a 5-5 five, five, or a 6-6. Six, six. Um, you, know, you can definitely make that happen. I've always liked the card Gloomwraith and wanted to throw it on the deck. So how does that work? Does it work out consistently for you in this deck? I assume it Gloomwraith's does. one of the... Yeah, it's one of the best cards in the deck. Um, Gloomwraith actually, you know, when, again, back in closed beta and then the first month or so of open beta, uh, Gloomwraith was in the first version of Ramp Scout that I was playing, and it... Uh, it's a real beating. I mean, much more purple-oriented creatures uh, with just green for, like, Tazcad and uh, Thorn Hist Mage. And uh, Gloomwraith just provides steady beatdown. The guy's got Breakthrough. He's a 3-3 that gets plus one, plus one for every other purple creature you have. He's he's unstoppable sometimes and can really take over games against decks that don't have a lot of removal or damage-based removal since he comes down so large. like it a lot. Sorcerer's Negation is the other blue card, blue card that we included here, and that's honestly that's just one of the most powerful removal spells in the game. Uh, you know, when you have an eleven eleven creature sitting behind a hive defender, uh, nothing feels better than silencing the hive defender. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's pretty amazing. It's a sweet card too. Two damage silence, another dagger fall answer. What an impressive card. Yeah, I agree. All right. I think deep down, like, I got a lot of the Timmy and a lot of the Johnny in me. You know, I like playing the the goofy combos, and I like playing the uh, big giant creatures. And this is an opportunity to do both because, uh, you know, the small little synergies with the toughness matter stuff, the uh, the opportunity to swing with giant creatures, it, it's it's really all here. And the decks hit some parts of the ladder and, and win very consistently. Great. I must say one of my favorite cards is Bone Colossus. I think it's one, probably one of the coolest effects. And I'm always kind of shocked it's not played more. Like a 7-7 seven, seven at 7, 6 extra points of damage is not silenced. It's pretty impressive to me. 
kind of depends on the meta, right? Because I mean, it curves perfectly into your opponent's uh, into your opponent's Don's wrath. But you know, if you're already winning, it's great. Which is sort of the problem with it in the first place, though, right? Because like you, you kind of want cards that are more flexible than that in a, in a really balanced deck. But in the right situation, Bone Colossus is unstoppable and definitely seals the deal against an opponent. Oh, no doubt. All right, that's just I, know, I just and look at the artwork on that. Probably one of the best up there, Bone Colossus. Really well done. All right. Before we think, I don't know, Justin, do you have any final words on the deck? All right. I, I would say in general, I would encourage people to play these sorts of decks because. You know, the I don't know, everybody's different, obviously, but the joy I find in playing games like this isn't from uh, winning all the time. It's from winning in ways that are interesting, right? And and, and it takes uh, a couple minutes to come up with something different, but then give it a shot, and you never know, you might end up something great. Absolutely. I also think, uh, I think this looks great. Anybody else have any comment on the high half or sorcerer? Uh, I, I quickly want to say that I think High Rothgar is one of my favorite cards in general, and I'd like to see... I love playing these kind of decks because I really like um, Dorian and Magic, which does a very similar type of thing. Uh, it's, it's, it's just, I don't know, I really like the idea of, like, turning your defensive-looking deck into, like, this beast of a powerful thing through the synergies of high, something like High Rothgar. It's just really fun. I, I love these kind of decks. Absolutely. All right. We will move on to our next deck. And it's a Swiddy's spicy spellsword list. Spicy it is. <laughs> All right. So go ahead and give us a rundown. So basically what it is is you just attempt to get uh, Imperial Might on the board, which is a five-mana support card that pumps out a 1-1 at the end of your turn. And also the combination of a Necromancer's Amulet, the three-mana support that whenever a creature dies, you lose one life, or you gain one life. So, essentially, what you want to do is just get those on there, you know, two of each, and you're basically gaining, you know, four health a turn every time that those cards die. And when you start to combo it with other cards, like, you know, Imperial Reinforcements to gain more health, or Disciple Namira or Banded Ringleader to use those guys to draw a bunch of cards, it's, uh, it's pretty exciting. And you can get in situations where uh, you don't have to play any cards, and your opponent just can't kill you through the healing that you're consistently getting value off of. Uh, there's times where, you know, playing a 5-mana support that drops a 1-1 on the board isn't always the best play. And sometimes that's, like, the hardest time to, like, get that card out because it's the most awkward. But if you can get them going, you can literally just sit back and just relax. For sure. I've tried a similar deck to this, actually. I tried making a, grind, a very grindy spell sword where I just kept summoning tokens over and over and this ended up... Kind of ruining people's days. <laughs> kind of want to just drag up a game with tons of tokens, constantly keeping from necromancers, and then kind of just slowly poking away. Yeah, if you get a, if you really do get get like the combo going, you can literally just sit there and just grind out your opponent. And with that, like it's funny because right, you used to be able to have six support slots, and this deck used to really shine then, because oh, yeah, then you're right. just pumping out like three one ones and gaining you know three health for each one of those dying. So nine health a turn, right? But they, they nerfed those support slots, but then they added Yara Balgraf. They gave us an alternative win condition, and uh, it's actually surprising how many times I've actually been able to get the card off with this deck. I must say, Yara was amazing. Yara Balgraf, I love that. I love the animation. That straight-up, like, big-ass wall just, ow. 
Like, that's like, you know, I used to play Yu-Gi-Oh! a lot, and I used to try to make Exodia decks. <laughs> and sometimes... And, oh, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> I am a bad person. No, but I like the, I like, the, like insta-win, alternate-win conditions concepts. You know, of... You, I don't... You don't... My opponent doesn't concede, and I don't take their health to zero. I won by the Wall of Justice from Yalvoglov, and I just... Really fine final effects. Tough here, but when I was a kid, we used to play instant lose games like chickens on the railroad tracks. <laughs> what? Chicken? <laughs> Where are you from again? From Kansas. <laughs> okay, that adds up. Chick- what the hell is chickens on the <laughs> railroad tracks? How's that game work? Yes, please. Around the side of the railroad tracks drinking, right? With your buddies. And. Like, you know, there's a lot of trains that pass through the area I was in, and when the trains would come by, like, you'd stand on the tracks as long as you could, and then you'd jump off, and people would time, you'd, somebody would time to see how long it was from when you jumped off to when the train passed you. And, uh, you know, the, whoever's the biggest pussy, like, loses. Wait, aren't you, like, the intelligent one? I don't advise anyone to uh, play this game. <laughs> just uh, just a service announcement. Just claim <laughs> We don't, uh... <laughs> just claim yeah, her. Yeah. <laughs> this is home, obviously, but... but uh, <laughs> the game I played as a kid. Well, that's... Uh, I played Tag. <laughs> as a kid. Kind of boring. <laughs> Chicken on the road. That's awesome, actually. Well, I would never participate if you like, oh, guys, well, I'll be a timer. I'd always volunteer for the timer, for sure. You guys have fun. I'll just clock we're, we're weeding out the week, you know what I mean? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it. Darwin Award. <laughs> we're weeding out the week. I love it. Darwin Award. Look, you guys should be thanking us, okay? Some of, the, some of these guys I grew up with, like, we don't need them, right? <laughs> we don't need them, oh, my God. You gave me uh, bad remarks about me saying I didn't care for uh, Tyr because we didn't get to know each other. <laughs> well, I did know these guys, and that's why I feel this way. <laughs> <laughs> he actually got to understand they're better off. Oh, jeez. So what was the greatest time? Did you remember who had the closest time? Uh, it's usually like three or four seconds. Fair enough. Yeah, is... Which, I mean, things move pretty fast. So, I mean, it seems reasonable. Okay, seems good to me. Alright, <laughs> sorry. That's... Imperial Might's pretty cool, too. Yeah, I, I, I want to make that card work, because I like the concept of something that constantly summons make... something. What'd you say? Did you say make the card work? Well, yeah. I tried Because to... we just did. Try it out, bud. Alright, fair one, touche. Alright, you got me there. <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, <laughs> you may well know. I'm still thinking, I'm still thinking about chickens on the railroad tracks. Like I don't know, that's still in my mind. As a kid, I don't know if I would play that, but now I want to build a deck based off of that concept. Yeah, challenge yourself to get down to one life and then win the game. I'm like you guys, I need you all to build each. <laughs> Chicken on the railroad tracks deck. That's a challenge. An issue yeah. announced. Got to start with three prize chickens. <laughs> yes, you have to use prize. Yes. Get into prophecy battle mage, and you basically got the concept down. Love it. My lawyer advises me to not 
endorse this kind of behavior, but I would like to point out that with Legends on mobile, you can actually play Chicken on the Tracks while playing the Chicken on the Tracks deck. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, Chicken no, on no. the Tracks Inception. Inception? Oh, jeez. Do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like to. I, I don't want to tell anyone to record it and send me a video for a compilation. No, I'm just kidding. Please don't do that. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, direct, direct those to Gym Class Hero. <laughs> I do not respond to those messages. For the love of God, don't also, do that, please. My name, in case anyone's curious, is Charmer. <laughs> hey guys, uh, this is a really cool stream. I'm your host, uh, Paul. Uh, just saying, <laughs> but seriously, that's great. Where am I? How did I get here? I'm so confused. <laughs> Kajit is lost. Alright. <laughs> but, that's awesome. Uh, so let's see. This kind of deck. Uh, so I see. Oh, you are running Priest of the Eights. I'm like jumping between these jokes to the meme jokes and trying to focus on the deck, but this is a fascinating backstory. <laughs> um, Percy Javelin. Uh, I love this deck. A lot of card draw on this. I don't think I was running on the card draw and I was trying to meme it up. But I do like the land divided a lot of this deck. Because it threw people so off. Like, yeah, I mean, it can guard up an entire lane while also gaining you a ton of life. Well, or just, it's just another lane fill, right? For clearing potential in the field lane or, you know, guarding up that lane in the shadow lane. And then if Necrom it's like all the cards just really are there to like support the Imperial Might and Necromancer's Amulet. Outside of them, you know, if you don't have those combos, the cards end up becoming a lot less good, right? Uh -huh. But once you have those cards on the board, all the other cards just like become that much better to support those cards. Awesome, awesome. Alright. Well, I think that's what I have. Anyone else have a comment on this deck? Alrighty then. So, I guess this is the part of the podcast where I will leave a little bit of time left. We do have a bit of time, a little bit of time for questions from the chat. So, please go ahead and feel free to ask your questions. But I do also want to get last week questions out so from the last so while you guys are plugging your questions away in the chat i'll quickly uh <clears throat> run through last week questions if any of the guys please feel free to guys on the cast my guest please to, to interrupt me as i try to motor mouth through this uh ray ray barker asked ideal competitive scene for tesla what's yours um i guess a lot of tournaments with variety not necessarily in format, but just a, not necessarily in like, when I say format, I mean like Strike or Last Man Standing. Whenever they decide the appropriate format, it's fine. But I like various, I would like to see things like Round Robin, Swiss, you know, a typical bracket style, group play, and all that kind of jazz. Um, Rupix asks, now that token aggro decks are pushing ramp tards hard, is it safe to play Control again? I've been doing okay with Control Mage. I tried Control Spell Sword. But just play mage. Bones the third. And what kind of deck would you want if given the chance? What kind of deck you would want if given the chance? I'd like to see a mill. I don't think a lot of people will agree with the concept of mill. But I think it's a sweet deck. But and that's the last week's question we need to get to. So let me check the chat now. <clears throat> What's the medium velocity of a swallow carrying a coconut? African or European? 
Yeah, African or European, exactly. African or European is the question we're shooting back, Alex. In what's amateur ornithology over here? What's the medium velocity of a swallow carrying a coconut? He says that he doesn't know what the hell is I, that. I would, I would just like to point out that a five-pound bird simply cannot carry a one-pound coconut. <laughs> what if it's a couple birds working together? <laughs> it's the Coconut Express. <laughs> I love that Charmer knew that. Like, I just want you guys to know. <laughs> I just love that a five-pound bird cannot. All right. That's outstanding. Let's see. Uh, fermented fart ask. <laughs> what a great name. Thanks, Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. So, can I go to sleep and let the stream on to get a drop? You can. Why not? Um. <laughs> I don't see any reason. Uh, yeah. Uh, just, we have, a, just a lazy way to get drops, right? I mean, hey, man. I'm not gonna. If you're adding views to my stream, you're adding views to the stream. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not selling out. Ray Barker asks one more question. Down there. Yeah. <laughs> Ray Ray Barker says one more question. That's it. Yep. And we're done. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Yummy had a question here. He said, "What types of discard and interruption would you like to see in Legends?" Oh, good. I think I, I think like discard effects would be so much fun, but they're also like really unfun for your opponents. So that's like a huge problem. But discard has always been a bunch of fun to play in Magic because just like. Knowing that you're just like making your opponent discard all the cards they like just can't wait to play makes me feel like so good inside. But oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like super unfun for your opponent. So I don't know if they'll ever actually do that. I mean, I yeah. think that's a. I was gonna say I think that's an interesting question. What is the thing that is the most unfun mechanic from other games that you wish was in Legends? Mill, <laughs> mill for sure. Stacks. Never mind. No one knows what stacks is besides I, maybe. Smoke? Are you talking about, <laughs> oh, oh. like, MTG yeah, stacks? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, it's right up my alley. What I was about in Destruction, because to me, there was nothing more fun than a turn one birds, turn two stone rain, into, like, a oh, turn God, three no. plow under. So yeah. if I had a way to destroy my opponent's crystals, even if... What I'd almost like to see is a way for you to... If you can't destroy their primary crystals, destroy any crystals that they have gained, right? Like, I want the anti-tree minder. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anti-tree minder, like Monsanto? Like Monsanto? <laughs> <laughs> anti-tree minder. Uh, you know, I, comment. I think there are ways that you can do more interactive stuff, like... Uh, with what your opponent's doing, like I, I, I think that it'd be cool to like have like a, a two magic of purple support, for instance, that said uh, the next creature your opponent plays is mummified, right? Turns into a two-two zombie. I think you could do stuff like that. Okay, well, so sort of like active trap cards. Other besides mill, though, I'd like to see. I'd like to see graveyard interaction, but on the negative end, I guess. So something that's a card that says murder. I mean, banish a card. So I think, actually, yeah, so another archetype video I liked, well, I guess this answers both the uh, yum-yums and the kind of follow-up question about archetypes. Something that affects, that banishes cards, but then cards that interact with banishment. And I think that worked great in this game, because the whole concept of oblivion, where the danger comes from and all that, could be like that archetype. 
So not only so I think it'd be cool to banish a card in your opponent's graveyard, and then maybe have another follow-up card later on that can summon that banished card onto your either your hand or the field. So I guess graveyard banishment and benefit interaction would be something I'd love to see. If we couldn't have no. Yeah, I think something realistic that I would like to see that I I actually think is viable to see happen here at some point is um something that I completely lost went out of my head right there because I lost my train of thought. So yeah, that just happened. What was the card? Oh oh um free cards that uh, have a have a, a cost effect where you have to like pitch a card. So the the case example in Magic is Force of Will, but like basically a, a card that you can cast for free if X is met. So X being pitch a card, or you know something along the lines of uh, discard two cards, this effect will happen, and and I think that would be really cool. And he, like the one that comes to my mind is like, what if it's a ten Magicka? Let's not even say that. Let's say it's eight Magicka draw two card, but it says instead you may pitch three blue cards in order to do this effect. Or pitch three red cards in order to do this effect. And it would allow you to like cycle through your deck really fast, create kind of crazy combo decks. Again, that might be too powerful, but that's like sort of an example of what I'm, I'm thinking about on that line. But it's like you have to give up resources in order to achieve the efficiency that you would get for zero cost. And I think that's really a neat mechanic in this game because we have Prophecy, which already gives you zero cost cards. So it would be a way to keep up on tempo against that mechanic. I, I mean, I've always kind of thought of Force of Will as like the perfectly balanced card, right? Because it's either an incredibly expensive counterspell if you actually mm -hmm. hard cast it, or it's like card disadvantage for, uh, for, you know, for, for that reactivity and that crunch time, right? Yeah. And I think that, you know, you could start, you, I really like this idea. I mean, you could start with just something like a, a Piercing Javelin that costs seven that says you can discard a yellow card, right? And because that's not overpowered. That's uh, reactive, so you're not going to advance your board necessarily by playing this, but you are going to be giving that, you're creating that tension, which I think is really important in card games. So allow me to spike jump in here and talk about the different ways that we could absolutely break this and how I think <laughs> we balance it. So the problem with the pitch card thing in a game like Legends is that because it's a digital format and it's not like Magic, there are so many existing effects, not even counting future printed things, that allow us to put cards into our hand fairly cheaply. Like, think about your, your raiding parties, your marked mans, your completed contracts. There are a lot of different ways where you could load your hand with fodder. So I think that the best way, if you wanted to introduce something like this, um, would be that you had to discard cards from your hand, but the total cost of the cards had to equal whatever it was you were playing, right? So if you have that javelin that costs seven, then you have to pitch, you know, either a card or a total number of cards that would cost seven or more from your hand. So you can't just pitch like, you know, the makeshift defenses that Marked Man put in your hand. You have to pitch things of actual value or meaning. And I like that specifically because it also would give you a reason to play potentially prophecy cards that are suboptimal because you'd get a second use out of them if you drew them into your hand. So like Dark Harvester would no longer suck nearly as much if you drew it into your hand because you'd have this alternate use for it. And I think that would be really like interesting. I like that a lot. Yeah. You know, you mentioned something kind of just sort of thinking about what you said about uh, rating party tokens. Uh, I, I think that 
Nord Firebrand and Raiding Party probably stifle card design in this game more than anything else in the entire game. There's a reason that I love Time to Fight, and it's because it's broken every day of the week. <laughs> Excellent. Interesting. All right, so let's see some other questions. We'll see about how's time looking for you guys. Time's a good thing. I enjoy time. So yeah, it's too All much. Right. <laughs> time, my mind, but, all right, I'll do three. God damn it. Everyone's a troll in this community. I love this. <laughs> all right, let's do three more questions. Uh, let's see. I see Leap Milf ask, I have a question. To whomever, what is your favorite Unstoppable Rage combo? Uh, Child Hersey with Breakthrough or Night Town Lord is yours. I'd say my favorite, besides uh, the ones you mentioned. I like the Pomerat Renegade. I really like drawing cards. They're like wiping my opponent's board and just drawing a bunch of things. Even when you overdraw, it's just like, yep, this is value. Ooh, I like my like uh, Talon Lord. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah, <laughs> oh, Batman man. for sure. <laughs> Killer can do pretty stupid things too. Excellent. Alright. Uh, let's see. Alex, and has a serious question. How about coconuts this time? Now, seriously, what if a, what if we had a mechanic that restores runes? Um, hmm. That's an interesting mechanic. So, I mean, restoring runes, so that adds the chance to get potentially more prophecies and adds more draws for the defensive player. Um, I know there's a rune spell in the game where you can uh, cast a fire rune on the ground. So it really depends. I mean, I'm kind of against that. I think maybe that wouldn't be too great for the game. Yeah, hey, you just inspired me, actually. Like, the Fire Rune thing is great. I mean, imagine a card, yeah. uh, like a, a Battle Mage card, says uh, replace one of your runes with a Fire Rune, right? So that when that rune breaks, instead of drawing a card and triggering a Prophecy, something happens, like you fireball your opponent. I, I think that's an interesting design space. Okay, that would be interesting to me. Like, replacing the runes versus repairing them. I'd be all for you know, like a lightning room, which is like, maybe not a bolt effect, but a certain amount of damage. So you give up maybe the potential prophecy, but add, you know, other advantage. That'd be cool if they did, like, you know, if we've done, like, Brotherhood uh, expansion, if they did, like, a Mage's Guild expansion, that would be, like, kind of a cool way to introduce, like, uh, replacing rooms. It's like yeah, a, I like that a lot. Mage's yeah. Guild way to do it. Yeah, so replacing rooms... We still need a Mage's Guild recruit. Oh yeah, we do. What would Mage's Killed Recruit do? Random spell from your hand or something? Or from, oh, from your hand. From <laughs> your deck? I don't know. Mm, let's see. So, another question. We've got time for one more. Would you guys like if there was a card that would put three copies of a random one cost in your opponent's deck? Hey, Eternal has that, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, Light the Fuse. I love that card. It's pretty mean. Oh, yeah. But I'd be down for... I like the a fire rune in this game, actually. Put Ambush? Three, yeah, put three fire runes in your opponent's deck. When they draw, they immediately draw a card, but also take X amount of damage. I could, I could swim on something like that. I, I think anything that explores design space that you can only really do very well in digital card games is stuff we should be doing more of. And you mentioned Eternal. I think Eternal does this better than any card game on the market. You know, I think that Legends hints at a lot of it. And there's a lot of room to do more of it, but shuffling stuff into my opponent's deck is something that I definitely want to do in this game. 
Okay. And is that, did we get three? <laughs> I think, I think we got everyone else. Oh, a fairy can ask, if they go on a two month hiatus, come back and enter a tournament, do I lose in the quarterfinals? Probably. Alright, uh, can we show the decks work? I mean, <laughs> I don't think with a Rainy Barker. Straight up. Probably. You'd probably <laughs> lose. You'd feel like, bud. <laughs> I didn't even see Farian's comment, and then I was like, wait, what? Farian YFP just made a comment? Yeah, and I was right? like, look up, and I'm just He's like, back. oh god, Farian. Back from the dead. Do you you might be able to win with one of these decks if you find an opponent who was willing to play but, another one. <laughs> yeah, we brought four decks here. There's a, there's a tournament coming up on Sunday, like... These are clearly the list you bring. Okay. No one will see these coming, I swear. <laughs> They're gonna ban yeah. out your, uh... I would encourage you to ban Crusader, because it looks like it might be able to win. Alright. Yeah. 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 So, legitimate real question here, gang. Uh, if somebody brought these four decks, which one do you ban? Uh, Crusader you ban, honestly. That's the only one that... I think I can beat the others. The I would ban the... If I was on an aggro lineup, I would ban the mono purple deck. I think that that I mean when I win games with that deck it's against tokens yeah, yeah. I, I would have I'd be really <laughs> afraid if I was on an aggro lineup if I was on a controlling lineup I would be afraid probably of the Steelers Secrets combo deck or the the sh time to get Schwitty deck or whatever what's that what, what do we call that nowadays Schwitty Schwitty uh, time to get Schwitty like time waster deck because you just like waste your time got it got it got it because <laughs> you just pass past turn and let them Try to beat you through the heel each turn. So much time on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing in your play. <laughs> gotta say this. I went to a Sticks concert like 15 years ago. <laughs> and, and, what Sticks? What Sticks? That's Bad where I went, actually. Opening? Bad That's Company opened for though. Sticks. I know. It was a pretty great show. But, you know, these guys were old 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And, uh... The guy wanders out in the crowd with a guitarist. He's got a wireless guitar thing, and he wanders out into the crowd, and he's like, where are we? And uh, the audience is like, uh, Kansas City. And he's like, no, we're in Sticks World. <laughs> <laughs> what a boss. I mean, you can't argue with that logic. You really can't. Oh. It's pretty solid. It's good. Right. <laughs> Sticking to the facts. This is Sticks World. Um. Okay. Alright, um, Ray, I'd like to play the decks, but I'm not sure. We are pushing you to time on this. I don't think we can really show a demonstration of the decks. Maybe another time? Maybe we can just have like a name deck tournament sometime, but... Okay, wait, we have one more question from Aiden. He gave a bunch of bits, so why not? Hey guys, is that sellout? Uh, hey guys, how about spell damage like a card or a set of cards that say summon give the next... Action plus one, absolutely would love that. No, I hate it. I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna quickly discuss why I think this is a bad idea. Um, that I I love the idea of it and it's really cool, but from a balance perspective, it generates so much differentiation and balance. So um, deal one damage to everything. Like Fireball becomes incredibly powerful. Uh, Supreme Atromancer is no longer playable, so it affects how they want to balance the game. Now, granted, I hate Supreme Atromancer, so here I am saying, you know, like it unbalances a card that I hate. But she's not spelled. Amen, amen, brother. Yeah, yeah. but but the reality is, is finally, just, people just, who agree Atromancer is, ter is terrible. Oh, thank God. Yeah, <laughs> friends. Sorry, I'm not a big fan of the card. Um, anyway, but it, basically, the idea, I think, I think the one that issues with doing something like that is you. You put yourself, you put the game in a position where it's, uh, 
it forces balance issues that are like it, it, it's I, i've just seen it firsthand with hearthstone and said and to myself after seeing it like this was a bad idea for their front so you're um, saying this should be a unique legendary that it should be as you say it should be a unique legendary yeah that's how it goes that's how these powerful cards are Legendary. Uh, no, that's how we skim around exist, it. Man. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe I guess in a fifty card deck, it's viable. Okay, sure. sure. Yeah, one out of fifty card that busts all spell damage. Like a legendary sure. groundhog rodent type thing. You could call it Malagopher. <laughs> <laughs> what? So you're gonna sugarcoat it with the sweetest name possible and make it amazing sounding in order to make the player think that it's not a problem. I like it. I'm on board now. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. It's only a, it's not a problem if you don't think it's a problem. Oh yeah, of course. I mean this seems absolutely normal to me now. Alright. Why did I not think of this at first? <laughs> Alright. Okay, so I'm going to I think we can close out now. We're a bit over the time I think. But this has been a lot of fun. First off, I'd like you to thank my guest today. Charmer, Bradford Lee, Justin, and Switty. Thanks for taking the time out of your days to come out for this. This was really awesome. I really appreciate it. Uh, and then next, I'd like to thank the viewers. All 934 of you beautiful bastards. <laughs> that is outstanding. Thanks for sticking around and listening to us this blabble for an hour. Uh, this has been an awesome time. Um, I guess I will say a few things in closing. Uh, I do want to do a question of the week. So think of this ponder, and I guess end with these podcasts, and I would really like people to, when either I upload the podcast, or even now in chat, just tell me what it means, and I'll try to get back to you next week, actually, like I did earlier. Question is, what does fun mean to you? Is it the deck-building process? Is it the... Just winning with the most competitive decks? Is it getting your fun combo off? What does fun mean to you? And one last statement is, please, if you enjoy these casts, please make sure to, you know, whatever app you're using to listen to the podcast, when I will on iTunes specifically, to rate and review. Helps a bunch with building up the cast. Truly appreciate this. And thank you for listening to the Never Miss Week. I'm sorry, to his name, to the Tesla podcast, and you all have a great day.